Hello, this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, lovelies, I've missed you. It's been weeks, like two weeks, or maybe three weeks, three weeks since we did the last one of these. Can it be true? And I feel terribly guilty, even though, you know, this is probably the world's strangest podcast with no theme or structure or focus or even conscious thought at times. Uh, I still feel a deep-seated responsibility to come and ramble away about shite every week. But do you know what? The last couple of weeks, it's just been, it's been bonkers at weekends and the weeks are always bonkers. And I was like, something has got to give and we will come back to the importance of sometimes needing to stop. And I was like, something's going to have to give. And I'm sorry, it was this, but I missed you all. I genuinely missed you, missed you, missed you. So this is like a proper catch-up session. I hope everybody's all right. I hate this whole shouting into the void thing. It'd be really nice if you could all shout back, but then there would be hundreds of us all shouting at one another, and perhaps that's not very conducive to, to coherent thought, although that rarely happens on this podcast, so perhaps I, I shouldn't shouldn't worry too much. But yeah, I hope everybody's doing all right. It's kind of like, it's nearly the end of January. Don't I fucking know it? Dry January, for those listeners who caught the last episode, I do dry January every year partly because I'm a glutton for punishment and partly because I really love to feel smug and I have discovered there is no better way feeling really fucking smug than doing dry January and usually I breeze through it I've done it for a number of consecutive years and usually I breeze through it but oh fucking hell this year I would fucking love a glass of wine I really would it has been a mother, the mother of all Januarys. That reminds me of the mother of all thunder. Brief diversion and completely unrelated to what we were just talking about, but this is hopefully why you love the podcast because it's fucking random as shit. When I was about 16, my dad was, my dad's always played bass guitar in a series of bands and me and my mates used to think it was brilliant fun to drive with him and his mates around the country and go and play at whatever gigs they were doing and sometimes I'd sing and sometimes we'd just dick around in the background and it was fucking brilliant. Anyway, we were going to one particular gig round about the time of bonfire night and prior to the gigs, obviously it gets dark early, a mate of my dad said, come to ours and we'll do some fireworks like they had families and kids and stuff like that. We'll do some fireworks in the back garden. And everybody knows that fireworks in the back garden aren't really it's not really the safest way to do fireworks and if you're listening to this for health and safety purposes you should absolutely always go to an organized display and in fact maybe this anecdote will remind you and give you good reason as to all the reasons why you really fucking should go to an organized display so anyway this that we went to this house and we kind of you know got there and we had a drink and stuff and then we looked out into the back garden now i had been to fireworks in gardens before and usually at least those gardens they might not have been big but they were long so the fireworks were a distance away from you this garden let's just say it was not long at all it was longer than me but i'm five foot one and three quarters so that is not saying very much at all and anyway all all the men there's something about something about fireworks that brings out the testosterone in in men isn't it and they're all kind of like yeah we shall we shall make fire with flaming rockets and things except for like my dad who very sensibly was like me cowering in the kitchen and so they started setting off all these little fireworks and it was good fun and we had sparklers and it was all really nice. And on the table, there was this biscuit tin. It was like the size of the shape of a biscuit tin. And, and so my dad kind of referenced to, to his mate and said, well, what, what's that? And my dad's mate, the interestingly called Randy Phil, there's another story behind that, which I'll, I'll say for a, a different moment of randomness. Randy Phil turned around and said to my dad, that's the mother of all thunder. And my dad said, what now? And Randy Phil said, it's the mother of all thunder. And it turns out that as well as getting all these, you know, reasonably sensible supermarkets, old fireworks, Randy Phil knew a man who was able to get hold of the kind of fireworks that you generally would never, ever use other than a display situation. You know, when they do the fireworks in London and they have the fireworks going off on a boat in the middle of a body of water. And I'm like, that is sensible. That's where the mother of all thunder should have been. It should not have been 
on a dining room table about to be put down at the other end of a garden that was only slightly longer than I am. So, you know, I, I was 16, me and my mate were like, oh, fireworks, brilliant. My dad's probably, you know, slightly more sensible than me thinking, fucking hell, this, this, this could, this could end, end badly. Anyway, so the mother of all thunder was left till last. I mean, you would leave it till last, wouldn't you? Because <laughs> you'd probably think there's a fair chance after I set off the mother of all thunder, I will no longer have a garden from which to set off fireworks. So the mother of all thunder was taken ceremoniously down to, to the bottom of the garden and some brave slash stupid man volunteered to light it. And the rest of us, and I, I can vividly remember cowering in the kitchen I, I I think probably I did that really noble thing of pushing my dad in in front of me to stand in front of me to take the force and even then we were like oh you know it's probably one of those things it's overhyped you know mother of all thunder is probably like the mother of all little drizzle of rain no fuck me the mother of all thunder went off and mother of oh my goodness it was like a fireworks factory exploding I don't know how much dynamite was in the mother of all thunder but fuck me that thing went off it was literally and it was flying in like all directions it was going up and down and this and that and I was standing there thinking oh my god this is how we die moral to the story do not set off fireworks in your back garden, unless you're very experienced in using fireworks that are sensible for back gardens. And if you are going to set off fireworks in your back garden, for the love of God, leave the firework called Mother of All Thunder on the shelf. There's a reason they've given it that moniker, Mother of All Thunder. It certainly was. Anyway, how the fuck did we get on into fireworks? Oh dear, I told you it's been a long few weeks. It really has been. But yes, dry January is still going strong. It's still going strong. And I'm very stubborn as well. So I, I like to get to the end of end of dry January and kind of, I've mostly got through on sort of my Saturday night drink of choice has been Coke Zero, which to be honest, if they like, you know, sort of cut through my veins, it's probably Coke Zero running through it. This is not an advert. I just drink way too much fucking Coke Zero. And mint tea, do like a mint tea. But I tried halfway through dry January, somebody had gifted me a a sparkling tea and it came in a beautiful I tell you what it was very smart this sparkling tea it came in a beautiful bottle it was from and if I can get a collective gasp at this point it was from <gasps> Fornham and Mason I know it looked beautiful you can imagine my disappointment opening at Christmas going oh, this looks lovely this must be lovely sparkling tea zero percent proof marvellous excellent but I like to try new things so I was like right okay let's chuck that bad boy in the fridge and try that out so a couple of Saturday nights ago, I was like, right, okay, let's let's go wild, let's break away from the Coke Zero. Let's have a nice glass of sparkling tea. And it looked the part, it, you know, kind of, you probably, it's like I had a little champagne cork thing coming out and everything, and that was all very exciting. Poured it into, poured it into glass. And, and I think I am the kind of person, I am very easily persuaded into things. So because it looked beautiful and it did look absolutely beautiful and it came in a lovely bottle and it and it looked nice and it looked just right like champagne and I took a lo lovely sip of it I was like oh it's lovely oh this is lovely and then because of course it wasn't alcoholic I could offer it up to the kids so I went into the living room they were there with Mr I know I need to stop talking I said kids have a taste of this a taste of this so so ceremoniously the the glass of of sparkling tea was passed around Mr. I know I need to stop talking took one sip and was like that's even worse than some of the petrol that you like to drink he means wine he means wine he's talking about wine I don't actually drink petrol I was like it's lovely I don't know what you're talking about Jamie took a sip of it and was like oh god uh, uh. and 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 Beth took took one sip of it and just said why why and that that perhaps is is fair why 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 is there a place for sparkling tea so I did finish the rest of the bottle. Again, that is that is a definite plus from sparkling tea. You can finish the bottle. Nobody bats an eyelid. 
I thought it was very nice, but it may be a classic case of Emperor's New Clothes. And because it looked like champagne and sounded like champagne, I convinced myself that I was drinking champagne, when in actual fact I was only drinking slightly pissy, fermented, flat tea. Yeah, there's a reason that I don't work in marketing. Um, so yes, yeah, so dry January, definitely still going strong. I started a bit late, so I'll finish it a bit late next weekend and hopefully not drink any more sparkling tea during during that time. But yeah, it's been bonkers. It's been bonkers. I mean, my life obviously generally is, is bonkers. We, we started this morning, we had a, an early start for football this morning. We started this morning by, by coming downstairs and I've talked a few times about the chaos my, my cats cause around the house. And every time I think, right, okay, I've got the measure of you now. I, I know that they can break into bread bins. I know that they can open sliced loaves. ASAP has got a massive thing for, for bread. I've, she's like some kind of craving hormonal woman. She will break into anywhere to, to get to bread. I came down this morning and the, the house stank. And my house doesn't, as a rule, smell. But my house absolutely stank. And I was like, dear God, and it smelled like rotten meats and I walked into the kitchen to find not one not two not three not five not ten twelve 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 sachets of cat food which ASAP had managed to break in to the cupboard with the cat food which is actually Mr I know I need to stop talking has made a special cat proof lock for the cupboard that cats should not be able to get into but ASAP but Unfortunately, the weak link in the chain was Jamie, who last night was last up to bed and was left with the task of feeding the cats and putting the cat food cupboard lock on and failed miserably. So ASAP over the course of the night had systematically taken out 12, 12, 12 sachets of cat food, which she had, I imagine, in the world's most horrendously frustrating game over the night, pierced and attempted to permeate with teeth and claw and I think if she could have like if if she ever finds out a way to use scissors we are in a world a world of pain as a consequently my entire kitchen was full of chewed up battered slightly oozing cat food sachets worse still she didn't even have the decency to pick the bog-standard cheap cat food sachets. No, she'd gone for the special cat food sachets, which are formulated specially for old ladies like Sandwich, who has a few problems with her kidneys, which cost the same amount as fucking liquid gold, and had decided to pierce all of those. And the worst thing is there wasn't even a punishment for it as a result of that, because there was no way we could put these back in the cupboard. The cats all got about three sachets of food each this morning, so I'm not sure that we're teaching her that crime crime is a bad is a bad thing. So yeah, that's 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 how my how my how my life started this morning. I mean it's just another standard day in our house, right? I mean, talking of fucking confusion, let's talk about Spider-Man, shall we? Let's talk about Spider-Man, not in the abstract concept, because that would be a little bit out there even for this podcast. But some of you might have seen that last weekend I took Jamie and his girlfriend, more on which shortly, and Beth and her best friend to the cinema to go and watch Spider-Man. And what the actual fuck? I have rarely been more confused in my life. Now, I, I will acknowledge at this point that I am absolutely not the target audience for Spider-Man. As, as Jamie has informed me on so many times over the last few weeks, Mum, you're such a Facebook mum such a Facebook mum and stupidly I thought that maybe he was calling me a Facebook mum because you know I've got my little Facebook community and he was like proud of his mummy no no was he fuck he was calling me a Facebook mum because I was sat on the bed the other night on my phone playing Candy Crush and he was like oh my god I can't believe you're playing ca- Candy Crush and I was like yeah Candy Crush look at me I'm down with the kids I didn't say that but I was thinking it and he like had his head in his hands he's like oh my god you're such a Facebook mum 
I'm such a Facebook mum. So Facebook mums, I know without a shadow of a doubt, we are not the target audience for, for Spider-Man. Or certainly I am not the target audience for Spider-Man. What with me never having seen another Spider-Man or indeed another superhero film in my life. So I do acknowledge that. But what the actual fuck? I was so confused. Like that is such a confusing, it's such a confusing film on every level. It started quite well and I thought, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to genuinely understand this because the dude playing Spider-Man, he had a spider on his chest and I was like, more films should be like that because I struggle. I've mentioned before, I struggle a little, I was going to say a little bit. I struggle a lot with face blindness to the point that I once tried to let a man into our car who was not Mr. I know I need to stop talking and I was going to the kids, look, it's daddy. And they were like, that's not daddy. And it wasn't. So yeah, I struggle with films generally, but this whole whole idea of somebody having on their chest the name of their character, I mean, brilliant, I, he had a spider, I went to Beth who was sat next to me, I went, look, Spider-Man! She like, rolled her eyes and was like, I know, mum. I mean, how would you know if he didn't have a spider on his chest? You wouldn't, you wouldn't. The spider thing was, was good. But that was like the last point, I think, that I understood that film. It's so confusing, and I don't want to give any spoilers if you haven't seen it. And if you love Spider-Man, and I know lots of people did love this film, then brilliant, and you are much, much smarter than I am, because I was baffled absolutely baffled he doesn't he's not even a convincing spider he does flying now i don't know lots about the natural world but i do know that spiders do not fly they like to jumpy things with webs and this spider was flying so i was like going to the kids thinking i was hilarious ha 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 look it should be flying ant-man film and they looked at me in a way that left it in no doubt that i was absolutely a facebook mum and went it's a different film mum it's called ant-man good Excellent. Marvellous. But yeah, so confusing. So you've got Spider-Man. I kind of got the premise of Spider-Man. Then a load of these blokes, like, with loads of legs. Everybody in this film has got so many legs. There are so many legs in this film. Why? Why are there so many legs? Why has everybody got so many legs? Nobody could explain to me why there are so many legs in this film. There's, like, this dude with loads of legs turns up, and then Spider-Man's got some more legs, and then this other guy, he's like a lizard, he's got loads of legs, he turns up. And then it's really confusing because you're like looking at this, they're like some weird version of the village people and they're all like friends, but then they're not friends and then they're friends again. And any minute now I expected and hoped with all of my heart that they would burst into song and they did not. And that is very disappointing because I fail to think of any film that would not be improved by a few songs in there, genuinely. But I think I say that as a devoted fan of musical theatre, so maybe there's a small amount of bias in there. But it's so confusing the whole way through. There's this guy. His house is full of snow. Why the fuck is his house full of snow? Nobody knows. Nobody references it. He's just got two random people sweeping up the snow. Why? Why is there snow? Why is there snow in your house? And then just when you think you've got the hang of it, just when I thought, yes, I know what's happening, they introduce the concept of a brand new universe. Well, fuck you, Spider-Man. Fuck you very much. So it finished and I was like, I am so confused. I don't understand. And... Jamie and Beth like had their heads in their hands and, and Jamie's girlfriend was so lovely and she was like, look, I'll try and explain it to you. And she was trying so hard and it was like somebody trying to explain quadratic equations to somebody who's never seen a quadratic equations in their life. I was so confused. And then unnecessarily, and I think this was very unnecessary, my children brought up the fact of no wonder mum couldn't understand the film because she once lost the London Eye, to which Jamie's girlfriend and best friend went, what? How can you lose the London Eye? It's massive. I know it is massive, but just for the record, in case I haven't shared the story before, this was a few years ago, pre-pandemic, and I'd taken the children up to London for the day to see Les Mis in the theatre, 
and it was lovely, it was a boiling hot day, but what I had not planned for or anticipated was the fact it was also the day of London Pride, and I was like, oh, this is amazing, this is so cool, a chance for kids to see what's going on and how important this is, and yada, 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 yada. Yeah, all very well until you realise that London Pride is such a fucking massive event, it's impossible to move anywhere in the centre of the square mile while Pride is going on. So we're kind of like in the middle of it, and I'm like, okay, well, there's no way that we can get the tube, so that's cool, we'll walk, it's a hot day, we'll walk, that's fine. And then because there were so many people in the middle of London, all of like the GPS and 4G and stuff went down. And I know London pretty well because I'm up there quite a lot. So I was like, okay, don't worry children, mummy's got this, it's fine. All we're going to do, there's a crowd of people, we're all going to hold hands and we will follow towards the London Eye because that's the direction we need to walk in. We will walk towards the London Eye. The kids were cool and they're like, okay, and you know, there were road closures and stuff, but we weren't in a rush, it was chilled and relaxed. And I was just there thinking... I am like, I'm like a fucking member of the Famous Five here. I am absolutely smashing this. I am genuinely, we, we are on this maps. Who needs maps? And then suddenly I looked around and the fucking London Eye had gone, hadn't it? It had moved. It had disappeared. And the kids are like, is everything right? Why are we not moving? And I was like, well, who's moved the London Eye? And James was like, what? Nobody's moved the London Eye. It's massive. And I was like, I know, but it's not there. Where is it? And we're like all turning around in all directions, trying to find the London Eye. I've like, I've lost, the, I've lost the London Eye. Where is the London Eye? My kids are like, how? How how can you lose the London Eye? And it, and it's fair, until that day, I did not know it was possible to lose one of the capital's largest landmarks until, until I did. Until I did. And you know, it's good to good to have new new achievements. But yeah. Anyway, that I thought was that, and eventually we found it and we got home. But every fucking moment since my children like to bring up the day that mummy lost the London Eye. Fucking but yeah, Spider-Man, a very confusing film. I mean, there's a reason that I don't go to the cinema almost ever, and that is primarily because I don't have a fucking clue what's going on. But I tell you what, it's another fucking inflation index altogether when you get inside a cinema, and clearly experienced cinema goers know this. Clearly experienced cinema goers don't, under any circumstances, go to the four children that they're with. Go and get yourself some snacks. Have whatever you fancy. Have whatever you fancy. I might as well have turned them loose in Tiffany's based on the bill that I ended up paying for three pots of pick mix and a pot of popcorn. Fucking hell. I could have done my family's supermarket shop for that. I could have probably shopped for the month. It was insane. Obscene. So yeah, it was a it was a very confusing, very confusing night out all, all round and kind of we drove back with, with Jamie's girlfriend, bless her, still sitting there trying to explain to me about the 30 films preceding Spider-Man that I apparently should have watched. 30 films! Who's got the fucking time? Who's got the fucking time? Oh, so, so, so confused. So confused. Jamie's girlfriend, there were a few shocked readers when I mentioned her on the Spider-Man post, but yes, Jamie's, this is Jamie's current girlfriend. I say that because I don't talk about it a lot on the blog because it's not really relevant and it's Jamie's life and stuff, but yeah, Jamie, Jamie has definitely worked his way through the ladies over the time he's been at secondary school to the point I have genuinely joked with him and gone, right, you're going to have to move on to the boys now because you've dated that many people. But she's lovely. She's, she's really lovely and and not only is she lovely she can also deal with Beth and Beth is deeply in love with her to the point that I think if it came about that Jamie and his girlfriend split up I think there is a genuine chance that Beth would choose to side with Jamie's girlfriend and require Jamie to move out so that she can move in so good fucking marvellous I can't wait for that little altercation to, to happen fucking hell fuck's sake Apart from that, obviously there's been loads of football going on. Beth has genuinely been smashing it over the last couple of weeks, and I know, obviously, proud and biased parents, but I, I, I'm also very, very honest and very open, as, as the fellow parents who I watch Beth's matches with will, will testify to. Beth, Beth came off from a match a few weeks ago and had not played very well, and I said to her, out of interest, Beth, I said, what, what, what out of 10 would you give yourself for effort? She said, 
Hmm. Maybe a six. I said, I think that's generous. I think that's generous. So that's become our, our standing joke. But off, of, off the back of that, she has genuinely smashed it. She got two amazing goals yesterday. And, and this is one of those things where ne- never bet your children. If I can give you no other advice, I give you this. Never, ever, ever bet against your children because they will win and you will end up absolutely fucking skinned. I bet Beth stupidly 50 pounds that she would not be able to score from outside the box. You know where this one's going, right? Beth smashed in a goal from outside the box last week. And as she turned to celebrate, you could practically see the pound of signs ticking over in, in, in her in her eyeballs. So yeah, I think I'm gonna have to yeah, low, lower lower my bets because because I will lose against Beth every every single every single time. Um and she got player of the match today awarded by the opposition against the other team, although I think that might have been through fear because she took a somewhat aggressive approach to muscling them them off the off the ball. But yeah, her football is coming on very well. Mine mine less so as testified by one of her mates we got to her game early last Saturday and I was like okay come on then we'll, we'll just do some some passing backwards and forwards you and me a bit of a warm-up get working on your left foot all of that so with their backwards and forwards I was in slightly heeled platform boots I was feeling pr- quite proud of myself for, for some of the strikes I managed to do Beth was being very encouraging well done mum you, you did really well there I said yes I might be 40 it's not too late for me to make my appearance in the women's super league this could be it just as I was going off into that that little reverie one of Beth's mates ran towards me she went, you're crap at football, Catherine, aren't you? So there we go. That was me brought down to brought down to earth very, very quickly. So yeah, lots of football going on. Other excitement. Had my smear test. Wrote a post on the blog about this. Please, 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 ladies, please, please, please go and get your smear tests done. They are absolutely not the most fun thing you can do with your week, but they're so, so, so fucking important. And the post that I popped on the blog has got the 10 reasons why you should go and get them done. It's free it can detect cancer. There's like a crazy stat that something like 99.8% of all cervical cancer cases can be prevented. Don't be embarrassed. All of these nurses have seen lots and lots and lots of vaginas and cervixes. Cervixes? Cervices? No, that's, no, isn't that, no, I'm thinking of cornicing. Good, excellent. I'm glad I confused cervixes and cornicing. Marvellous. They're used to it. They see it all the time. There is absolutely nothing to be phased by. And, and, you know, if you, if you kind of want, if you, if you want something to distract you, I was going to say, while you're having your smear test done, but do I want everybody thinking about my cervix while they're having their smear test done? Oh, fuck it. If it gets you to go and have your smear test, then it's worth it. So my favourite smear test story is, is my own from the very first smear test that I had. So I went along to get it done. A friend of mine came with me. He waited in in the waiting room I went in to get it done and I was at drama school at the time and I was doing lots and lots of dance and movement and so when they do that thing and they go oh you know can you put your knees flop your knees to either side I was like literally lauding my look how flexible I am this is amazing and then as if I wasn't proud enough of that as a nurse doing it it was like going up on in there and having a little look around she went goodness you've got a really accessible cervix now I love praise I love nothing more than praise and so the next morning on the way into drama school on like a Thursday morning it was like winter morning we were on the top deck and the number 82 bus it was absolutely packed up there and I was sitting with some of my mates and my dad phoned me and I was like hi daddy and he's like hi how how are you I'm really good guess what I went for my smear test yesterday and the nurse said I've got really accessible cervix and there was just this silence around the bus as my dad laughed his head off and said as he always does to me he said I'm very proud of you I said thanks daddy we got off the bus afterwards and got off with my mates and then from the back of the bus I hadn't seen them till my other friends came off killing themselves laughing they said was that you and I said yeah that was me and they said we knew it as soon as we heard the phrase accessible cervix we knew that that would be be you 
so proud so proud so yeah so 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 do if you if you haven't if you if you're overdue do 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 go and get your smear test done ask for support there's people who've been through trauma where it's not straightforward again i don't want to be glib i don't want to not acknowledge the fact that for some people it's it's more than a little bit of embarrassment but please 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 they are so important and if it helps you thinking of my accessible cervix as you do it then crack on crack on accessible cervix is for everyone and you and you and you good excellent i'm glad we've stayed as on track and focused as ever but yeah, I've needed to stop these last couple of weeks. I found the last few weeks really hard. And I think it's not uncommon, actually, in, in January. You kind of come back, you've perhaps had some time off over Christmas. And there's there's lots going on in my life. And I'm so grateful for everything that happens in my life and all the things I'm involved with and all the things that I get to do. But it is a juggling act, isn't it? It is the perpetual plate spinning. And the one thing I've definitely realised as I get older, I've got better of knowing the points when I need to stop before the plates fall off and crash. That's a very bad metaphor, but I think you know what I mean. And I was just getting to the point where I thought, I can't do everything. This is actually, this is too much. This is too much and I need to stop. And stopping's hard, right? I wrote a post about it. Stopping is hard because we don't know what we're going to find when we stop. And sometimes we fear that by stopping, that in itself will call, cause even more of the plates to come crashing down. Well, I think it's so important for all of us that we take that time, that we, 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 we learn and we understand that it's impossible for us to be there to fulfil the roles in other people's lives if we're not first taking that time. You know, there's, it's the phrase, isn't it? You can't pour from an empty cup. And it's a bit, it's kind of a bit trite, but I, I do quite like it. You know, you have to take that time for you. And it feels like the biggest luxury in the world, doesn't it? Because we're all always last on our priority lists, right? We are right down there with the pairing socks and the finding the lids for the Tupperware and taking time for us. That's that's all right down the bottom of the list. But I do think it's one of the biggest gifts we can give, not just ourselves, but everybody else around us, is to take that time for us. And and sometimes it's it's just 30 minutes and sometimes it's much longer but we can't keep on going because if we do, the plates will crash. They will. We can't keep on spinning without taking that time to pause and regroup. So I think if you take nothing else away from this week's podcast, other than, you know, don't set off the mother of thunder in your back garden, then I think it is about take that time for you and don't feel guilty or bad or like you can't do that because in turn, it enables us to be better there for, for everybody else. So I do think it's it's important. And my kids have been fucking amazing when I've, it's, yeah, it's been a tough couple of weeks. My kids have been absolutely fucking amazing. I mean, Jamie, you know, by doing the kind of like teenage boy hug, which I hope other people's teenage boys do this. Okay, can I have a hug? And he kind of comes and pats me benevolently on the head like I'm, I don't know, an old dog. That's 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 Jamie's affection. But Beth, Beth's an absolute gem. And I'd had a, re- a really tough day the other day. I was really, I was really quite upset. It'd been a really, really hard day. Beth came over to me. She went, I love you, mummy. She said, you are a strong, independent woman. Should we have some chocolate? And I think that is a a good rule for life. And indeed, if you two are finding things a bit tough this week, I want you to think to yourselves that we love you. You are a strong, independent woman or man. And whatever the circumstances, you should absolutely, definitely have some chocolate. Rules for life. Rules for life. Anyway, my lovelies, I'm going to love and leave you with that. I hope you're all doing okay. I hope you're keeping safe and well. I will endeavour to be back next week with with more tales of cat food sachets that that people have left out. Goodness me, the glamour of my life. This is what it is to be whatever the opposite of an influencer is. That's me, someone with half-eaten cat food all around their kitchen. Living the dream, living the dream. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. I will see you next week. Lots of love. Bye-bye.